Today in Science from Wired. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off. U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Monday is shipping day at MadTech. A truck pulls up to its red brick lab outside of Boston to load box after box, all kept at a cool 39 degrees. The precious, perishable cargo is human skin. Thousands of dime-sized pieces and plastic dishes that add up, altogether, to about two whole adult humans' worth, every week. It's not harvested from people, though. MadTech grows its own human skin, and then sells it to companies that want it. Companies that make laundry detergent, makeup, toilet bowl cleaner, anti-aging creams, tanning lotion. Without lab-grown skin, these companies would be testing products on animals, usually rabbits, shaved to expose patches of naked skin. This practice is straight-up illegal for cosmetics in Europe now, and increasingly ethically dubious everywhere else. With animal testing on the wane, MadTech, along with its chief competitor, EpiSkin, a subsidiary of L'Oreal, have become go-to sources for synthetic human skin. Testing on lab-grown medallions isn't just an ethical choice, it's practical. They are a much better simulation of human skin than animals are, says Carol Treasure, whose company Accelerate, tests products for brands like Lush Cosmetics and uses Mattex products for some of the work. But truth be told, you wouldn't recognize Mattex's skin as human or even as skin. To the naked eye, the skin, less than a fifth of a millimeter thick, looks like thin circles of clear jello. So too do Mattex's other tissue models, bits of eye, lung, intestinal, vaginal, and mouth tissue, all grown for testing. The company's process reduces body parts to their most essential cells, turning surgical waste from biopsies, tummy tucks, and circumcisions into a reliable and standardized product line, all of which turn into those translucent discs. You wouldn't be able to tell the difference just from looking at them, says President Mitch Klossner. That uniformity is MatTech's greatest challenge and advantage. Human skin is hugely diverse. Take any two people of the same age, sex, and race, and one might be oilier or more sensitive or drier than the other. Mattex's skin tissue model must react the same way to the same chemicals year after year, even if the original cells came from two different people and two different parts of the body. It runs a highly tuned skin factory. Tummy tucks and circumcisions. To start, Mattech needs a small but steady supply of real human skin, which they could use as seed material to grow large quantities in a lab. Most human cells can only replicate so many times before they die, and thus we all age and we perish. The company has forged partnerships with local hospitals to get surgical waste from cosmetic surgeries and circumcisions, where patients or their parents have agreed to donate excess skin to research. As MatTech has expanded other tissues, it also worked with a National Disease Research Interchange, 
an organization funded by the National Institutes of Health, to disseminate tissues from deceased donors for research. Klosner was not keen to go into the details of acquisition, citing the anonymity of donors. Indeed, Mattech knows very little about the patients from whom it gets donations, and patients themselves might have a hard time tracing their own donated tissues. When I asked if anyone has ever attempted to find what happened to the skin from their surgery, Klosner dismissed the very idea. Patients may not even know where to look, given that consent forms, part of the standard hospital admissions paperwork, don't usually specify how tissue will be used. It could go to a patient's doctor, or to a researcher at another university, or to a company. There's a lot about how research is conducted in the U.S. that the public doesn't understand, says Michelle Lewis, a bioethicist at Johns Hopkins Berman Institute of Bioethics. The process is extremely opaque. But if you've had a circumcision or tummy tuck or breast surgery, especially in a Boston-area hospital, your cells could have made it to Matech, been expanded to cover two football fields worth of skin, and been sent all over the world to labs that test chemicals and skin creams and drugs. How to Grow Skin Mattech does keep track of some identifying factors, though. It sorts its skin tissues by age, sex, and race, depending on the intended test. Some are harder to source than others. The company makes some skin-containing pigmentation cells to test products like tanning lotion or lightening creams. And the Asian market is big, especially for skin lightening creams. Asian skin is a little harder to get, though, says Klosner. Asian parents are less likely to circumcise their baby sons. To keep its product mass-market consistent, Mattech's technicians first use enzymes to break down that original piece of donated skin into individual cells. Epidermis actually contains many different types of cells, but the main ones are keratinocytes. So the technicians take the keratinocytes and grow them in a single layer in petri dishes. Then they isolate individual keratinocytes and use them to seed porous inserts in plastic wells. You could stop here, but Mattech doesn't just want to grow a mass of undifferentiated skin cells in a dish. It wants to grow skin tissue, with layers of cells that gradually dry and flatten on the surface, just as skin cells on your arm do. So, technicians then follow a detailed multi-day recipe, with dozens of different measurements that must be correct down to the microliter. Growing human cells in a petri dish is finicky work. Add an ingredient a few hours too late? Forget it, your cells are dead. But done right, those cells will replicate to form a layer 12 cells thick. Air wafts over the top cells, while the bottom layer bathes in a nutrient-rich blood substitute, much like the epidermis on your body. Ten days later, it's Monday. The company always ships on Monday, and the skin coins are ready to ship. No more bunnies! Before lab-grown skin came along, the way to test whether a chemical would irritate the skin was to use bunnies. Scientists would shave off a patch of fur, smear the chemical on, and check back hours and days later. Obviously, the more irritating the chemicals, the more gruesome it can be for the animal, says Michael Batchelor, product manager at Mattech. With recreated human skin, like Mattech's epiderm, it's a more streamlined process. To test for irritation, you add the chemical to test along with a dye called MTT to a skin circle in a plastic well. MTT turns purple when a cell is alive. Hours or days later, a machine can measure the exact amount of dye in the well and calculate the number of living cells. The more of them are dead, the more irritating the chemical. Of course, this is not a perfect replica of what happens when you spill toilet bowl cleaner on your arm, but the MTT test is a proxy for how easily a toxic chemical can kill cells. Mattex customers also use its skin tissue models to develop anti-aging creams. You don't go looking for wrinkles in the clear circles of cells. Instead, scientists can see how anti-aging creams turn on or off genes like those for collagen and elastin which gives skin its youthful bounce. To test anti-aging, companies use Mattex full-thickness skin, 
which includes both epidermis and the next layer of skin, dermis, because cells in the two layers of skin affect each other. These complex but poorly understood phenomena matter when you go to skin on a body. Which brings us to the limits of current skin tissue models. Even with the full thickness skin, it's not exactly like skin. It doesn't have hair follicles or nerves or oil glands. The protein scaffold on which the cells grow is simplified. Matex tissue models are designed for discrete tests, where machines can look at some cells and spit out a single number. This product is this much irritating, or that product is that much good at killing skin pigment cells. The models work very well for these tests, but you can't say graft them onto the body and expect them to start growing like skin. They do, after all, look like thin clear discs of jello. Hey, this is Andrew from the Spoken Edition team. I wanted to let you know that we just launched a new website at SpokenEdition.com. This new site has over 40 different shows from top publications around the web, all for free. So visit SpokenEdition.com, subscribe to a few new shows, and keep listening. Thanks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.